And so we've invited uh, David Thompson, the Bishop of Huntingdon, to come and talk to us a little bit about his own experiences of the Bible over the years. And I've uh, got a careful set of questions here posed to pose to him. Thanks, Steve. Can I just say, first of all, I am not Bishop Stephen. Did, is that what I said? Did I say that? No. No, right. <laughs> <laughs> but we're easy to tell apart because there is a Bishop Stephen, only he's a foot taller than me. Yes, I suppose. Yeah, that we, was a great we, video. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, David, could you tell us, at what age did you first become aware of the Bible as a separate thing, and, and how did it happen? Uh, the Bible would be one of my earliest memories, because I grew up in a vicarage household. I was baptised when I was a tot, and I was given this Bible by my lovely godmother, Mary. And Mary was a good friend of my parents, single lady, ran a job centre in Milton Keynes for most of her life, but I'm talking about her as if she's in the past, Steve, whereas actually she still lives in Milton Keynes, aged 88. And she retired from the job centre and became a sort of nun, helping run a religious community there. And she's just given away all her money to build a hospital in Africa. So this is my Bible from Mary, but Mary carries on being an inspiration to me. And from that beginning, how has your relationship with the Bible kind of developed over the years and how would you describe that relationship now? Well, I remember looking at this Bible when I was very tiny and it's India paper and you have to be really careful to open the pages and it's the King James Version, so it's tricky to read. Um, so it's very <clears throat> special, but perhaps I didn't completely understand it. And as time went on and I got into it for myself, I began to want to read versions of the Bible which I could understand more easily, and by the time I was at college, I was wanting a Bible I could write in and take notes in, and I wouldn't want to do that to Mary's, so I started to have a working Bible, and believe it or not, I've worn out two, and this is number three, and the, the, first, no, the middle one got worn out when some very exciting things happened in my Christian life when I was a vicar, and the Holy Spirit came and bam. And can you imagine? I just went through and wrote everything about the Holy Spirit in the Bible alongside all those things I'd learned at college. And now I've carried on writing and writing and writing. So this Bible is just covered in notes, and it's part of my life. It's life and mine, just sort of mesh interweave. And when I became a bishop, and I knew this was going to happen to me, very scary, very strange thing, then I went on retreat to a lovely remote part of Scotland. And as I walked along the coast, my mind went to John 15, I am the vine, you are the branches, and all that talking about Jesus's love for us. And I felt God say to me, speak from your heart into people's hearts about the heart of the matter. And those passages, John 14, 15, 16, came alive. And I want to give you one verse, because it's so much in my mind now. I chose you and appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. And I don't think that's a verse just for me. So picking up a little bit on, the, on that video that we saw... 
which parts of the Bible excite and inspire you and which parts do you wish weren't there? Tricky. <laughs> you can see the headline, can't you? <laughs> Bishop says, ditch Micah. Or <laughs> One, let me sidetrack to try and avoid the question. Um, <laughs> when I became a bishop three and a bit years ago, uh, I became bishop just in time, Steve, to take part in what's called the Lambeth Conference, a worldwide conference every 10 years of all the bishops from the Anglican Communion, from the Church of England and its sister churches across the world. I've got this amazing, like, school photograph in my office of all of us. And I'm one tiny dot in the corner. And one of the things they got us to do was to put on our best purple cassocks and go on a demo. So we went in a fleet of seven coaches down to Westminster and paraded with placards outside the Houses of Parliament to try and hold the government to its promise to end poverty by keeping to the Millennium Development Goals. So there we were, and we were all given a copy of the Poverty and Justice Bible, which is the contemporary English version in disguise. And the disguise it's in is that somebody's gone through with printing ink and highlighted all the bits, not that I highlighted, but all the bits about poverty and justice. And look at them. Hundreds. If you went through and highlighted all the bits about things like sex, there wouldn't be very much, even though we get really bothered about it. So there's all this teaching on poverty and justice and turning the world into the kingdom of God. And I want to say that in the Bible, that's the bit I most get excited about, but it's also the bit I get most scary about and would like to take out. Because the minute you point at somebody else and say, will you, how many fingers are pointing back at you? And I live this comfortable bishop lifestyle, wearing purple. I don't live in a palace, but some bishops do. So I feel it pointed straight back at me, and that's uncomfortable. Now, earlier this year, you set a challenge to read through the whole Bible in Lent. Yes. Uh, many well, of us tried it. Many of us tried it. And, and well, I know some people, many people here did. Put your hand up if you tried. Yeah, few. Well done, you. <laughs> uh, not all of us quite succeeded. No. Really? Uh, Tell me. Unfortunately. <laughs> what did you learn from the experience? Apart from immersing myself in it, which was just amazing and becoming sort of part of the story, what I learned was, well, I began on day one on Ash Wednesday by taking to the streets of Ely with some giveaway Bibles, some little Gospels of John, but also some full Bibles, which the Bible Society kindly helped me and just sort of said, hey, you want to give Bibles away? We're on your side. Here you are. And you know, as I was in the streets of Ely, people I didn't know from Adam or Eve were keen to take a copy of the scriptures and start reading. That was a deal. I was quite clear. You don't take one unless you're going to start reading. No, where they finished. But those Bibles went very quickly. And when I tried to do some arithmetic as to how many people had at least indicated they were going to start on the cover to cover reading, a thousand people started. Again, don't know how many finished. But that was mega. So one of the things I've learned is that God has not finished with the Bible and with us yet. Get it off the shelves and be prepared to give it away. And Steve, I've nearly exhausted my supply, but I've brought what's left, because we're nearly at the end of the year, with me today. 
and it's on the table along with the youth ministry material at the back and if you are willing to take one and give it away to somebody else with an invitation to read it you can take a John or there are two copies of the whole Bible there let's see just think now is there somebody that you would really be able to give it to So if someone's here today who wants to get more engaged with the Bible but doesn't quite know where to start, what tips would you give them? Ooh, getting practical here. Let me do a bit of audience research first. How many of you have read a bit from your own Bible today? Put your hand up. Quite a good show, right? How many, at least this week? Since the beginning of the year? Whoa! <laughs> Dare anybody not put their hand up? But... but but some of you might, you might have heard it read in church or picked a bit, but actually, I want to say the, the most important step to take is the first one, which is to get a Bible of any sort and open it. I did a teaching day on prayer recently for some churches around here, and we had the motto together, pray as you can, not as you can't. It can be a bit overfacing. If you think I've got to read all of this, I've got to read all that Leviticus stuff, give it time. Read what you can. Start by reading what you want to read. Start by reading something and then let God take you on from there. And if you want the quick highlights, a little bit longer than Steve's Bible in three minutes or whatever it was, there's a publication here called The Essential 100, Your Journey through the Bible in 100 readings, which is Scripture Union, and that's quite a good way for picking up some of the highlights and getting into it if the whole Bible is phasing you. Thank you very much, David. Thank you.